0: Welcome to the Persistence You podcast with Lisbeth, and that's you as in university. But we're much more of a community here. I'm your host, Lisbeth Meredith, author, speaker, and online teacher. Each week, I'll be delivering stories from amazing survivors and strivers, all threaded together with a dose of persistence. So glad you're listening. It's Lisbeth, and I am so very pleased to be recording this on August 9th at my beautiful co-working station in Chattanooga. Thank you first and foremost for those of you who've reached out lately, and there were plenty of emails about recent podcasts. I always wonder if I talk too much on my show about myself, and so it was great to hear that so many of you liked the podcast about me moving cross-country and my status update on that. So thank you. Thank you, Janet. Thank you, Jan. Thank you, all of you who wrote. Rachel Bruno's episode recently was very, very popular about what she went through uh, with the Child Protective Services. But just in general, it's such a wonderful thing to know that I'm in community with you and we're having a dialogue when I hear from you as opposed to just a monologue. Thanks so much to Jan Six for the beautiful uh, gift of buying me a cup of coffee, which is essentially a tip for the work that I do. I love that you enjoy the podcast, and I so appreciate having your good uh, company and good vibes coming through uh, Buy Me a Coffee. So thanks so much for that. This week... I absolutely adored getting to meet with Cheryl. I love, not only do I love Cheryl's last name, but I, she just has such a wonderful presence about her. And we ran into the ultimate technical difficulties. Her, she could not hear the uh, me, no matter what we did, she could not get sound on her computer. So we pivoted and we simply, decided that I would write her questions, and that she would record them, and then I would record myself later. So I think, I mean, let me know if you notice it horribly, but I think that we did reasonably decently well. She was such a pro and basically interviewed herself in my company through the software. Anyhow, it may be tricky editing, so I will let you know the questions now. I asked Cheryl, hey, tell us about that pivotal moment you realized you were on the right track to rid yourself of chronic pain and give us some backstory. Can you tell the listeners, you know, when you began to share your techniques with others? And what would you suggest listeners be willing to try when they don't know their pain source? Tell us about your book and where we can reach you. I loved talking with Cheryl because she is another example of someone who was told you can't do something because you're too old. And so when she wanted a career in physical therapy, but she was in her late thirties back in the day when it was happening, she was discouraged from it. She was already in physical pain herself. Physical therapy is a very demanding job. And she was told, you know, you're going to be on medication. This is not something that's even an issue for you. So good for her for pushing back. I really appreciate it. And I love that she eventually made that goal a reality. And then when she realized that she didn't love that, (laughs) she did not love being the physical therapist as it was lined out initially for her. She created a work that helped people, but kind of I don't know, she made it her own work and she added some adaptations for people who are in chronic pain. So I asked her to give backstories, like when was that moment you realized you were on the right track to rid yourself of chronic pain? When did you begin sharing your techniques with others and what would you suggest for the rest of us who may be suffering from chronic pain, but we don't know the source? And of course, Cheryl wrote a wonderful book and I wanted to find out for you where you A little bit more about the book and where we could get it. All right. Hope you're enjoying. Thank you so, so much as ever. Hi,
1: Lisbeth. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And I'll just begin by telling you a little bit of my backstory or my, yeah, the backstory. It starts out with back pain, as a matter of fact, that um, when I was in my mid 30s, what started out as a little bit of discomfort and tightness in my low back quickly spiraled out of control in a few short months to a full-blown chronic pain syndrome. I was not able to, to work as much as I could. I was absolutely incapacitated with chronic pain. And prior to that, I had been a healthy, vibrant young woman. I was very active. I was um, a ballet dancer. Of course, I started dancing late in life. So I was a ballet dancer. I would go to ballet classes a couple of times a week. I was also taking Pilates. I was working full time. I was a downhill skier. I live here in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. I'm in Denver, Colorado. So everything was going great. I was working full time as a respiratory therapist in a local hospital. And this just really sidelined me because, as I said, instead of in a few short months, instead of going to Pilates and ballet and skiing and working full time and having this great life, instead, I was going to multiple doctor's appointments, physical therapy appointments, um, massage therapy, and I was doing every single thing right, I thought. Everything that my medical team was telling me what to do, I did. Um, I took all of the medications, the um, muscle relaxers, the anti-inflammatories, the pain pills. I did all the silly exercises and stretches that the physical therapists gave me and told me to do. And I'm calling them silly because they really weren't working for me. I wasn't getting any improvement. And I can say that now because I am also a physical therapist. But I just was in this incredible spiral, negative spiral. And I was losing even more function as time was going on. And my pain levels just kept getting worse and worse. And I lived that life, that nightmare for two and a half years. And till finally one day I went in for a doctor's appointment and the doctor looked at me and explained to me that I would never be able to do my laundry and my grocery shopping all in the same day because the arthritis in my spine was so severe that I would end up being bedridden. And I looked at her and I was just really confused. I mean, this didn't make any sense. And I said, oh, no, you don't understand. I'm planning on going back to ballet class. And she actually laughed in my face and said, oh, no. You don't understand. You are a chronic pain patient. You will always be a chronic pain patient. You will never have the life you had or the life that you wanted. But don't worry about it. We'll take care of you. You'll never go back to ballet class. And even if you could, you're way too old. You're too old to take ballet. And she knew that one of my goals was to go back to school and get my master's degree in physical therapy. And she said, and you better forget about physical therapy school because you are too broken, you are too injured, you are too incapacitated, you could never do the work that's required for a physical therapist. And even if you could, you are just too old. You are too old to go back to school. I was 36 years old. In that short moment, that woman shattered my dreams, She destroyed my spirit and she took away my hope. And where do you go from there when somebody gives you that type of a prognosis and you're 36 years old? So I went home and I hit rock bottom for a couple of days, you can imagine. And finally, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's because I am blessed with um, a healthy amount of incomparable stubbornness. I don't know if I just have this inherent fighting spirit. But every fiber of my being was just screaming, no, this is not the life you chose. This is not the life that you deserve. And then I got this incredible epiphany, and I realized I had this voice in my head saying, It's up to you to figure this out on your own. And so basically, that's what I did. I fired my medical team, much to their chagrin, because they really felt that they needed to take care of me, which is really kind of funny when you think about it, because um, obviously, in two and a half years, they weren't doing a very good job of it. And again, Whose fault was that? And I don't want to say whose fault, but whose responsibility was it? It was my responsibility to take care of myself and to figure it out on my own. It would have been nice if I had a little bit of guidance and I was getting better with some help, their assistance, but it was almost as if they were keeping me in this, this spiral, this negative spiral of pain, pain, spasm, dysfunction, and again, it just kept cycling down. So after I fired my team, I stopped taking the medications, I stopped doing the stretches and the exercises that the PTs gave me because they weren't working. And I just started exploring movement on my own I went back to how we learned how to move when we were babies, when we were infants and very small children. Nobody gave us these baby barbells and said, okay, now you go ahead and do 10 repetitions here. Now you put one hand here, one hand there, and push with your hands and move your hips and roll over and voila, you can then roll over in your crib. No, it didn't happen that way. We figured it out on our own, through our own self-exploration, for our own Um, experience, with our environment, with our bodies, and then eventually with each other. And that's how we learned how to move. So basically, that's what I did. I went back and went down to the basics. I knew enough about movement, obviously, because I'd studied so much Pilates and so much ballet. But I couldn't do that, that type of movement, I had to break it down into small bits and pieces. And I would do little bits of movement on the floor, what made my pain feel a little bit better, what made it feel worse. And I really had to use that mind body connection that I hadn't had prior to that, even though I was a dancer and a Pilates um, student, I still didn't understand that mind body connection. So that's basically what I did. And within about nine months time, Oh, and I did add acupuncture, which was such a blessing and just really helped um, manage the pain as I was working through all of this and helped calm my nervous system and definitely my stress levels, which were pretty high at the time. So in about nine months time, I was out of pain. I was stiff. I was out of shape, but I was out of pain. And at that exact time frame I was accepted into um, the master's program for physical therapy at uh, Colorado University, and I graduated two years later, uh, just a few months shy of my 40th birthday. So I guess I really wasn't too old, like the doctor had told me. And I was working in the field. (laughs) I hated it. I really hated being a physical therapist and there are reasons why mostly because it's like when you had your patient it was like okay here's the patient here's the diagnosis here's the icd-9 code here is the protocol here you get three to five um, visits with this patient if they get better great if they don't well just send them on their way they're a a, a physical therapy failure and it's kind of cold the way i'm putting it but that's basically how it was And with a lot of the limitations and the restrictions that the insurance companies, you know, from the insurance companies and all of the bureaucracy, it was as if I was not really even seeing patients or treating patients. I was dealing with the bureaucracy. I was dealing with the administrative issues. I was doing nothing but paperwork and then having to um, have the physical therapy assistants and the aides do the fun stuff working with the patients. And I struggled in that environment for about two and a half years. And then finally, I just said, you know what? I had enough. And then I had another one of those epiphanies. its I call them the mental head smacks. So I got this mental head smacking moment when I was sitting in this gut-wrenchingly boring staff meeting and I realized, hey, you can go out on your own. And you can open up your own practice. And that's what I did. I started, I opened my own practice in 1999. And I specialized in Pilates-based rehabilitation and conditioning. And then I actually added another modality called Feldenkrais. And I do have a martial arts background as well. And eventually, I even added some of the principles of martial arts into my practice. And I ran that private practice for almost 20 years. And had really terrific success with it and wonderful clients. And it was just a wonderful experience. So I was able to help other people who had struggled with their health, their wellness, their fitness, their chronic pain. A lot of my clients were told the same thing that I was. You're always going to live like this. So let's learn how to deal with it and manage the pain. Um, So I had a lot of people like that that I was able to help and help them get back on the road to recovery. And I would always tell my new clients, I am not going to fix you or heal you, but I am going to teach you how to heal yourself. So in my practice, I was sharing the techniques that I had learned for myself, the movement modalities that I was using to help myself heal my pain, I would also help guide them into other alternative healing methods and um, alternative health and healing, alternative um, practitioners. For example, for me, acupuncture was a godsend, but not everybody wants to do acupuncture. Some people are really terrified of needles, which I can totally understand that. Even though the needles are very thin, they worked for me. It was fine. But if acupuncture is something that wouldn't even interest a client, it was like, okay, there are so many other modalities that you can try. So I would encourage them to keep an open mind and try different things like um, there's cranial sacral therapy, there is Reiki, there's uh, reflexology, gentle types of different massage, um, shiatsu, so many different things to try. So it really opened up the opportunities for them to explore different things rather than to go to a traditional practitioner that would say, take these medications, do these exercises, this is the protocol. I was helping my clients think outside the box and try and figure out what's working best for them. And I would help guide them along the way. And together working as a team like that, we had some really great success and some wonderful success stories that still kind of warm my heart when I think about it, and it also kind of terrifies me when I think, what if some of my clients that I was able to help who found their way to my office mostly through uh, word of mouth, through referrals from chiropractors, massage therapists, and other alternative health care healers, what would have happened to them if they didn't find that little that 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 rope you know that of and that hope and that path to healing that I was able to try and guide them to. And even more so, what would have happened to me? And where would I be now? If I had listened to those experts who told me, "Mm, this is it, you're going to be a chronic pain patient your entire life, but don't worry about it. (laughs) We'll take care of you. So I just really want your listeners to understand that there are always ways to heal. There are always, and it's more than one path to healing. And you can always find it. As long as you just keep an open mind, start to connect with your body, do your research. It's amazing. The body has an incredible capacity to heal itself. And all we need to do is to give our bodies the right environment for healing to take place. And of course, what I'm explaining, it's a little bit complicated. Because if you're not used to listening to your body, if you're not used to tuning in with that mind-body connection, it's a little challenging at first. So what I would just recommend, if somebody is listening and they're trying to figure out how could I try and start listening to my pain? um, How do I start to listen to my body and realize and feel the sensations that it's sending me? If we're in pain or we're having discomfort, the first thing we want to do is run away from it, obviously, because we're hurting. And, you know, we do want to go to experts to get help. And it's really important to go to the medical experts to rule out the really bad stuff. But when they give you like the the kind of uh, prognosis that I had or, you know, you you try something, you go the traditional route and you're not really getting any better then to open your mind again keeping that flexibility to try other things. The first thing I would suggest is just to make yourself comfortable. And I know how silly this sounds, make yourself comfortable. But try and find a way that you can position yourself, maybe lying down on, a, on the floor with pillows, propping up, sitting in a chair, being supported by different pads and pillows, but a way to make yourself comfortable so you can kind of settle into your body and really connect with the sensations. Because when we're having pain, it's our body's way of communicating to us, not necessarily that something's wrong, but that maybe we have a pattern, we have a habit, a way of carrying ourselves, a way of walking, moving, standing, sitting, uh, lifting, and doing something that is actually aggravating the tissues of our body rather than supporting it. So that's the first thing is to try and make yourself comfortable. The next thing I would recommend is to try and connect with your skeletal structure. Your skeleton, your bones, That's what supports you. We get so caught up in wanting having big, strong muscles, those sculpted muscles, and that's important. But if we can learn to stand and move from our skeletal structure and to have our spine in a neutral position, that carries our weight through space in a way that is effortless. And we're not over-firing muscles. We're not putting too much tension in our bodies, it's actually a very um, soft and almost even sensuous way of moving rather than trying beating ourselves up, you know, in everything that we do. It takes a little bit of concentration to be able to slow yourself down, move through your kitchen a little bit more um, mindfully. Take a short walk, really paying attention to how your feet connect with the ground, how you move your body or your arms swinging, the position of your head. There's so much in it. Just really tuning into how we move is like a rich, rich um, learning ground to really help you not only relieve your pain, but to be able to move in a way that's effortless and easy through the entire course of our lifetime. We don't have to get the aches and the pains and the joint dysfunction that people tell us, oh, that's just a normal part of the aging process. No, it's not. So after I had, um, I was I had my practice, my private practice, uh, again for about 20 years, and I finally did close my physical practice in May of 2017 there were several um, con- several factors, all kind of like a confluence of events and situations that had happened at about the same time. And I realized, you know what? It was time for me to step back, take a break, and focus on other things. I had just recently published my first book, and I wanted to be able to reach a wider population or a broader population to share this positive message of hope and healing and graceful aging and vitality at every stage of life to a lot more people than just the people in the Denver metro area. So I realized by writing a book, and I put all of the techniques in the book, I share my histories, my story, as well as some stories about some of the clients that I've worked with, of course, giving no names. And some of the stories are very uplifting. Um, and some of them are really funny. But they all have to do with that healing process and helps reiterate some of the techniques and some of the principles that I include in the book. So in the book, I do have a program, I call it the Forever Fit and Flexible Program. So people can start to um, do that exploration that I'm trying to talk about. It's really difficult to, to articulate it, um, but going through some of the movement patterns. So I have a whole little series of I don't call them exercises. I'm a, a physical therapist who hates exercise and thinks that chocolate is food because it is. And I do hate exercise per se, but I love to move. And I think everybody does love movement and not everybody loves going to the gym three times a week. So in the book, it gives you alternatives of how to be in the kind of shape that you want to be in to be able to do the things that you want to do and love to do with strength, grace, and confidence all through your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. And yes, that is possible. So I do make some recommendations of um, some movement modalities that people might want to try, as well as putting the little movement explorations in the book. Again, they're explorations for everybody to experience. They are not exercises. So it's not a cookie cutter um, type of, of event. So it just gives people a lot more to think about and to do things in a non-traditional way, because as we mature, you know, we all have our own vision of what that looks like and what it is that we want to do. It could be still climbing 14ers, 14,000 foot mountain peaks that we have here in Colorado. That would not be me, but it could be just that desire to hike, without knee pain, golf without back pain, dance without joint pain, and just to be able to get down on the floor to play with your grandkids. So it's just what is it that you want to do? What do you want to be able to accomplish as we go through this really beautiful time of life, 50 and beyond? So the title of the book is Forever Fit and Flexible, Feeling Fabulous at 50 and Beyond. You can find it on Amazon. You can go to my website, uh, CherylILove.com. Boom, nice and simple and easy. And learn a little bit more about me. If you do go to my website and sign up for my newsletter, I do have, you have access to three audio recordings. You can download them and just keep them for future use. So, they are three, a series of three. I call it meditation through movement, but it really is based on everything in the book, all of the techniques that I've used to help my clients move better. It can get you started on that path of finding that mind body connection and taking it from there. If you have any questions, you can certainly contact me, email me. I would be happy to answer any questions that you have. And of course, keep in mind, once you download those uh, recordings, you can unsubscribe to the newsletter at any time.
0: Thank you to Cheryl, I love for this wonderful interview. And thank you to you for hanging in there with us. She's got such great stuff to say. So don't forget to look at the show notes at lameredith.com. And have a fabulous week. As a reminder, the podcast will be going into a new season soon, and we'll have a little break for a couple of weeks. All right, then. I will see you next time. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed it, feel free to leave a review. And if you've really, really enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe. And I'll see you next week.
1: Proud member of the Podnooga Network.